0: Um, so we've thought about, um, this model of, uh, thinking of who we are as people. We've been trying to establish a connection between the gospel and mental health. And the model we've looked at is where we're thinking of what are the influences that come to bear on us as people. So, um, we have, we live within a set of, certain set of circumstances. We are embedded in that circumstance. Um, We are embodied. We have a body that impacts how we feel, that lives within our circumstances. And right at the very um, center of that is our hearts, our desires, our feelings, our emotions that impact us as well. And we've tried to think about this as a a kind of model for thinking through um, how we are as people. It's not news to say there is a mental health crisis that we are facing in our nation. Um, Ezekiel 34 and verse 4 warns, You have not strengthened the weak or healed those who are ill or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays or searched for the lost. You have ruled them harshly and brutally. And it's a damning indictment on uh, God's people at the time of Ezekiel, and particularly the leaders of God's people. God commands that we shepherd well. And we live at a time where these issues, issues of mental health, are overwhelming issues. The mental health charity, Mind, has some um, staggering figures. One in four experience a mental health problem each year. One in six report a common mental health problem in any given week. And they say that out of every 100 people, um, eight will be struggling with a mixture of anxiety and depression. Six will kind of generalize anxiety disorders, where anxiety is kind of a a life-inhibiting factor, um, three would be uh, suffering from PTSD, post traumatic stress syndrome uh, a d- disorder. And then, second, uh, t- two, struggling from depression related to phobias. And one, um, OCD. And so, I think with that list, there, you get a, a feel for the mixture of struggles there are within what we would refer to as mental health, mental illness. And kind of alongside that, there's this threshold that's rising uh, for specialist care. Um, So just you've got the chart, I think, on your handout there. Um, So if if we take the bottom of the triangle here is less severe struggles through to most severe at the top, what has been happening is that the threshold for accessing specialist care has gone up. So it's a tiny proportion at the top who are really very unwell. who get specialist help. And what we end up then with is a huge number of people that are struggling with mental health issues but don't qualify for specialist care. I think that's a, a dynamic we see um, in, our, in our society with a lack of investment in um, health care and particularly mental health. Um, and so what that does is provides, cri- provi- prov- provides kind of... Um, crisis for many people, but also there's an opportunity there for church to engage well with people and to fill some of that gap. So it's worth us thinking through what are our kind of ambitions for care um, in the local church. Um, our, our commission isn't to be um, mental health counselors anyway or professionals as, ch- as church, but the, there is a gap that we can fill, we can help people with. So what are our kind of ambitions to care for the flock is to bless the community, um, the community of God's people, but also commending Christ to the world in the way that we care, the manner of our care. And so, I mean, you can think of others, but we want to be eager, not reluctant. There can be a reluctance to get involved in people's lives at a deeper level. We want to be compassionate, not critical. It's so easy to come at this critically, uh, make judgments. We want to be compassionate. We want to be gospel-shaped, not worldly. There are many worldly models of approaching mental health um, issues, and some of them are helpful, some are unhelpful. What we bring to the table is a gospel-shaped narrative that our lives fit within. It's going to help people because it's truth. We want to be wise and not reckless, easy to blunder in, and we've all done that. We want to be wise. Now, if we are reaching out in this way, we will find and we do find that there is perhaps a disproportionate number of people in our churches with mental health issues. Um, but the question is, are we reaching out? Are we doing that? Are we connecting well with people um, who are struggling with mental health issues? And so there's a number of discussion points on the um, sheet today we're not going to do all those so they're really there kind of to um to help thinking and perhaps discussion over coffee afterwards or or ongoing but i do want to stop with this one here what gets in the way of church engaging well with those struggling with their mental health just with your neighbor two or three people um two or three minutes just discuss that first question what gets in the way of church engaging well with those struggling with their mental health so yeah an uncertainty about how much are they wa- wanting to disclose there is this is this really something they want me to get involved in? yeah, right, thank you yeah okay uh, there's a few here what i'd meant to say at the start, of course, and as you've been, if you've been in the other seri- the other, others in the series, you'll know that this is material which we some of us heard at Word Alive, which is very helpful and here's some of the things that they came up with um, so just conceptual issues so um is this really something that, that The church should be investing in, getting involved in. Um, We're about discipling people and saving lost people, Um, and connected to that is perhaps the kind of spiritual, spiritual, psychological divide. You know, so on the one hand, um, some Christians saying, "Well, this is entirely a spiritual issue; don't need medication." On the other extreme, people going, "Well, you need medication." It's not. It's not something to do with spiritual things. I think we've, we've already discussed before that, that those polarizations are unhelpful, and surely a mixture. So there's two things. There are. Spirit, you know, we're whole people: body, soul, spirit, body. You know, we're, we're kind of we're, we're whole people. So um, both the kind of um, uh, medica- medical interventions um, there are can be helpful alongside spiritual help as well. Um, struggling to connect to the Bible, just someone shares an issue, and you're thinking, "Well, I, f- I'm not sure how how do I connect God's word to this? Um, how does it fit in?" I'm feeling inadequate when it comes to pastoring people with God's word. Feeling disskilled and untrained, we've covered that lack of expertise. So this, the whole idea, well, that's, that's the expert's job to to, to do that. Um, and it, I think we can think of any number of situations where. You know, we're aware of a situation or someone shares a situation with us and you're aware that there's things where you're out of your depth, but actually there's often something you can bring to the table and be helpful with. Um, Fear of doing harm, we mentioned that. Too time-consuming. I mean, that's a bit of an embarrassing one to admit, isn't it? But actually, truth is, many of us live busy lives. And when you're struggling with mental health issues, one of the things that you need is time with people. You need time to process. And so it's not a quick chat over coffee only. It might be that, but it'd be more than that. So a sense of, can I, uh, maybe selfishly, not wanting to give our time, but it may be more, more, probably more likely, case okay, so of, uh, I don't want to let this person down. Can I actually commit to the time that will be needed to help? with the stigma we've talked about that confidentiality and privacy um Terence that was kind of your point there and we'll come back to that in a moment um and yeah how does this interact with mental health professionals and not knowing quite what the what the how to navigate that what's the territory What's what is my role let's pick up on uh stigma um we're not going to pause and discuss this one, but it might be worth thinking through. What can we do in church to reduce stigma people feel about mental health struggles? I've got a few things here. Um, so, um, so being careful with humor. I mean, it, it's, it's okay to laugh at ourselves, isn't it? We've got to be so careful. There's a fine line, isn't there, between um, having some fun and it really being quite inappropriate. I was trying to think of some examples, maybe you can think of some, but you know, for example, some of our phobias, I mean there is a funny side to them, isn't there? But they're also life crippling, um, and so we've got to be careful about how we talk about that, how we, um, where, where our humor comes in. But I think one of the key things on this in terms of overcoming stigma is, stigma, is kind of awareness. Um, I think it comes up to your point, um, JJ. So some things on raising awareness. And I was reflecting on this. that we've, we've done a bit of this, but not all of this. And it's not like the Bible on it. But these are some good ideas, I think, sharing testimonies from the front. And again, that, that does kind of flip back onto our, our willingness to share our struggles. And is this a safe place where I can do that? And, then I, and I won't forever be seen as different from there on in. And treated different. So, but we want to be a church where it's it's okay to share testimony from the front about our mental health struggles. Um, books can be recommended. Um, so, there's some great booklets out on little booklets on kind of some of these issues that are just helpful introductions. I've got a load of those. We make some might be a good idea. Seminars. We've done a bit of this. We've done some things on depression, on anxiety. Um, but they're more specific on addictions and eating disorders, trying to um, help us educate ourselves as a church on, on some of those issues. Um, here's what one Christian said. With these struggles, the people who've shown most interest and in been willing to talk and just be around for us have been my non-Christian friends. Now, I'm thankful I don't think that's true of everybody, but that is, that is an experience for some people, that sometimes people outside of the Christian community are more willing to talk about stuff. I think this is particularly um, in communities where you're sharing with other people who struggle. We've, we have some friends who um, go, go to AA, um, and they, you know, in their communities, it's very normal to talk about your struggles. Everyone's broken and knows they're broken. And in many ways, therefore, are much more open to the gospel. Um, but we need to think through why it might be that, that there's... Why is it that sometimes in the Christian community, there's a reluctance to be open? And it's easier to talk to my non-Christian friends than my Christian friends. And I wonder whether there's a danger in that we, we kind of seek to look okay. I mean, the gospel heals us, right? It fixes us. So... I want to display that. The gospel's fixed me. Um, But then there can be a lack of reality and a lack of openness and sharing about our struggles. And unwittingly, that can create a culture of success, of shininess, and of doing well. We polish up okay-ish on a Sunday morning. And so it becomes problematic, problematic to not be Okay. And so we want to think about the culture of church. Um, a danger of there being a culture of success, of efficiency, and of sortedness, of having our lives together. And I don't know if you've had this kind of reaction. I've, I've had um, in our own church family where we've trying to help people, but actually some of the pushback is, but, but other people struggle too. I'm like, well, yeah, but, but you're struggling, so let's help you with this situation. And so, and we, we all do this. I think we want to be seen to be together, and we feel weak when we're not, and inadequate. And we need to communicate that we are all people in need of the balm of the gospel of grace. And so, we need to. I think there's, there needs to be a softening in our culture. It's hugely encouraging when you feel that, when you know that people are sharing and being open. Um, But we need to be careful of of not being. So in terms of changing culture, it's communicating the gospel is for the needy. And we are really needy here this morning. We are desperately in need of the grace of God. If it wasn't for the grace of God, you wouldn't be here this morning. You'd have no thought of God, no desire for God. You're only here because God keeps you. So uh, 1 Corinthians one twenty seven. God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. So it's communicating what spiritual strength is. Think of Paul's thorn in, of, in the flesh, which is what he's talking about. That's the context of, of um, later in his letters there in, in, in Corinthians. He says his thorn in the flesh was that Christ's power might rest on me. And so we need to, we need to be persuaded that actually when we're weak, and as we rest on the Lord, we're actually strong. Okay, just very briefly on uh, confidentiality. There's a discussion question. There. We're not going to stop for that. Um, I, I mean, wh- this is difficult, I think, when it comes to confidentiality. How do you navigate that? Um, because, and it's, and it's really communicating in advance. How will we communicate in a crisis situation? So you're helping a friend, um, they've 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 got significant mental health issues, and it's having the conversations with them. What would you want me to say when if there's a you know it's, it's being open? I think um, so communication. I think is key with the person we're trying to help, or if we're being helped, communicating with the people who are trying to help us. Being clear about what 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 is it? we you want shared, or they want shared, um, and with whom. Um, de-skilled and out of our depth. So that's a whole issue there. I mean, we haven't got time to go into all these this morning, but I, I, I think confidentiality just is not very easy to navigate well. Um, it's so easy to get that wrong. Um, so just a feeling of being feeling de-skilled, out of our depth. Um, so just on this, a couple of things here. So I, I think recognizing we're not professionals I will often say to someone who's come to me and shared a significant problem, I'm often say, look, I'm not a professional counselor. Okay, don't, don't, you, know, you can't expect that from me. What you can expect is a friend who will listen, who will share God's word and pray with you and try to counsel you and help you. But it may be you need something else alongside what I'm doing. I'm doing something different from professional counseling. Um, I think that's important, being clear. Um, and I think when you when you say that it takes the pressure off you and off them, it take well, it gets the expectation right for them. Takes the pressure off you. It's um, been clear on that. So um, when we fill out our depth, it's is asking, asking questions, finding out. Don't pretend you know. Um, you know they they talk about uh, symptoms they're having or um, uh, something they've been diagnosed with. If you don't know, that's fine. Ask the question. Don't pretend. Don't go along thinking I can't admit I don't know that. It, Ask the questions. I'm involved others. Don't go it alone. Again, that comes back to the confidentiality issue, um, and, and knowing what's appropriate to share with, with whom, and having permission for that, but going it alone is not normally good. Um, read. Don't stay ignorant. So if you're not sure of the situation, read up on it. Go and get a book. Read an article um, on it. Um, invest. Even get some training. And on this, there are a range of conversations. Um, so some of this will be happening over coffee in a moment, just chatting with people. So I want to encourage you this morning. Coffee time is, is go, and, go and share with the church family. Go and, get, go and help the church family. Uh, let's have fellowship together, which is a wonderful to see that happening on a Sunday morning. Um, and so some pastoral stuff Happens at a very low level, but really important and significant right the way through to experience help someone might need in a complex situation. And then, of course, a whole load of stuff in between. So when it comes to helping people, just know that we're all part of this. It might be very low level, tiny things on a Sunday morning or midweek, going for a coffee with someone. Just being a listening ear, that's helping people significantly, but through to them needing um, more help. Um, And over time, for someone who's really struggling, we want them to be moving along the chart from just casual conversations through to getting the help they need. And maybe we're part of the process of bringing someone on that journey. Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And of course, the most frightening words in that, that verse are, any and only, so do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. I mean, my goodness, I, I, <laughs> um, it happens all the time, doesn't it? But that's for me. Um, but only what is helpful. I mean, how many unhelpful things have I said in the past week? Probably there's quite a few. I mean, probably you could go, yeah, I've got one, Pete. Um, <laughs> uh, and you'd be right. But that's what we want to do, isn't it? Building others up according to their needs that may benefit those who listen. Now, in saying that, let's not fear of kind of being um, unwholesome or unhelpful cripple us on this. We live in the grace of the gospel, we blunder. God knows our hearts. Um, But isn't it lovely to try and be that kind of friend to someone? He's not saying unhelpful, un, unwholesome things, but he's only saying what's helpful to them for building them up. What a wonderful friend that is to be. Now, um, we are out of time. We've got on the back there um, a scenario which um, I thought we probably wouldn't get to. Um, but would be really good to perhaps chat with someone over coffee. Um, maybe go out for coffee this week or... Um, Folk in your home, just look at the scenario and think through in what ways could church provide practical and spiritual help um, for this individual. Now, Miriam is a person in any church. And you could, you could make up any other scenarios too. Um, and it's thinking through how can we be good for people. Questions, any comments before we go to coffee?